If you're someone who has a passion for cut flowers, our environment, and wants to make the world more beautiful, you're in the right place. Whether you're growing flowers for pleasure or profit, I'm on a mission to empower flower enthusiasts and professionals to help change the world around them. Whether you're just starting out and need a helping hand, or are looking to scale a substantial flower business, I'm your cut flower woman. Welcome to the Cut Flower Podcast. So I am delighted today to welcome Dundee Butcher of Foam Labs, and we'll be talking more about that. Please do tell our listeners a little bit about you, Dundee, your background. I've just heard that you're a tennis star, so you can tell us about that. (laughs) And how today you got to where you are. I know you were in London. You were a Londoner. And now you're in California and you spent time with Jane Packer. So do tell us a little bit more about it. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me, Roz. So we're living in London. My husband is English and uh, I have four children and they were going to school in London. And the youngest two were turning, they're twins. They were turning probably 15 or so. Didn't need their mom as much. And I... um, thought, what am I going to do with my time here? I, got, I wanted to do something. I didn't know what it was. And I had been talking to my husband about that for a year or so. And But my mom loved flowers. And um, one day, one evening, I was in our laundry room in, in central London and working, playing around with some flowers. And my husband said, why don't you take a flower course? And I thought, really? That's an it's a novel idea. So anyway, um, I thought about it for a while. I did. And then that was a month course. And then we lived in central London, as I said, and I would always walk by Jane Packer Flowers and, and thought their window was so stunning and uh, got all my courage up one day and poked my head in and just said, would you all need any free help? And this most wonderful, wonderful lovely, kind, darling woman named Deanna was behind the desk. And she said, oh, yes, please. And so she kind of took me downstairs to the workroom, which was very, very busy with lots of very young English people. And uh, they all looked at me sort of like, what? Who is this? Um, Anyway, uh, they put me to work basically sweeping the floors and cleaning vases, which I was really happy to do. Um, and you know, I'd walk in every morning and being not only American, but Texan. And I was, I was very enthusiastic and I would give high fives and hugs to people. And they really did look at me like I was a freak of nature, but, um, they, they took me in. Um, I ended up being, uh, head of business development for Jane Packer. Um, and with a lot of floral foam at that time um we we had one we did a party a particular day i remember we had done a party for it was at the savoy hotel and it was for simon cowell and victoria beckham and we used a massive amount of of floral foam traditional floral foam and um we had gotten it back the next day, and our job was to take the flowers out of the foam and put them in the uh, compost can and then take put the foam 
into a plastic bag, black trash bag, and drag it across the floor heavy and try with all might to hoist it into a landfill can. Um, and after several hours of this, I said, you know, to the manager, I said, really, is this the best we can do? Surely there's a, a better way to do this and a better product. And she said, Dundee, there's not. You know, if you can come up with something, you'll revolutionize the floral industry. Well, I mean, that was 2009 or 10 or so. Of course, I'm not a scientist. So I sort of thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Um, anyway, fast forward to um, a few years later, um, 2012, 13, I had fallen in love with teaching, even though I hadn't really done any. I just thought I really would like to be a teacher. I'd like to teach floristry. And um, my great friend, Duncan McCabe, who had been at Jane Packer, had moved to McQueen's. Um, I, there, there was a teacher there named Louis De Silva, who was quite renowned. Um, and, I, and I thought, you know, if, if I'm going to learn to teach, maybe I should go take their course, their month-long course. So I did. There was another wonderful teacher there, Giuseppe Padori. And Deanna, my friend who had welcomed me at Jane Packer, also moved over there at one point. Um, so I did that course and uh, learned, of course, a lot more than just great teaching. Um, and then 2013 did move to California. My husband went back and forth while he still, he, um, he was a partner in a global headhunting firm in, in London. And um, so he would come back and forth to California, but I moved over to finish our, our house here. So um, got a beautiful space for the school that I went, Russian River Flower School, um, beautiful space, was all ready to go, thought I knew everything I needed to know about, know about teaching, got here to Northern California, and I had all this knowledge uh, about formal floristry, flowers very tightly shaped like a mushroom in a bouquet, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, bringing flowers in from Holland and all of this. And, you know, and they looked at me like, we, we don't even know what you're doing. What is that? And, of course, I was devastated and thought, oh, my God, I've, I've rented this beautiful space and, and all of this knowledge, and it's, it's, it's not going to work. What am I going to do? I don't know how to teach loose, relaxed floristry. I don't know anything about foraging from, you know, gardens and the side of roads yeah. and all of these things and pods. And so anyway, at that time, my husband um, had, uh, he had to go to New York. And I had followed a woman named Emily Thompson, a florist who had, I think she, her background is sculpture, but she is just, and still today, I, I love her work, very foraged, very ahead of her time sustainably um artistic beautiful yeah natural beautiful stuff wild it just it was just it so spoke to me but i had no clue so i said can i join you on this trip to new york because i really was going to just show it up, up at her doorstep well i did and she was so kind she had just finished a meeting with her dear friend shane conley I don't know what they were collaborating on something. And I, and I basically just <laughs> said, what am I going to do with myself? 
collaborating on a royal wedding or something, I would think. Probably. Probably a bit earlier, but yeah, they would be now, I'm sure. Yeah, they're 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 dear friends and, and such pioneers in this whole sustainable movement. But anyway, so I so she said, Look, Dundee, you don't you're gonna be fine. You've got this fabulous background and and formal forestry, it's it's much easier to go formal and then looser than the other way around. Just use this as your platform to 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 learn and meet meet the growers in Northern California. Of course, she knew all of them. She introduced me to so, to Deborah Princing, the slow flower movement. And yes, I've met her. I've met her. Yeah, yeah. Deborah is another one way before her time. So um, done fabulous work for that for the sustainable movement but anyway so i i came back to california and i thought all right i'm going to go meet all the growers which i did which there's lots of and um i met all the vendors at at the san francisco flower market got to know them really well um and then one of the biggest pivotal moments for me was realizing that i needed to learn more about how things grow and 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 how the movement and and how when and how to harvest things what stages do you want to cut them and and so i called a dear dear friend of mine james david who's a world-renowned landscape architect out of austin and then had moved to santa fe and said get on the next plane come out here we had built this house and we had this bare land almost an acre of bare land and i said we are going to design a garden and you're going to show we got to, we've got to design it with the flower school in mind so that we can use things for the school um and then he had worked with a a, a friend here in Healdsburg in in austin and this guy had moved to austin he's a landscape gardener so together they designed this garden for me that was heavily and heavily in foliage and it was real interesting because I realized how you know out here you can buy a lot of of grow of 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 yeah. um, flowers, but to buy really interesting foliage is harder. It's the same. It's the same in Europe. It's the same. So that was really interesting, and and so I started. This garden was my teacher. They were my teachers. The garden was my teacher. And so gradually I learned a lot more about, about all that. And um, anyway, fast forward, school's in full motion. Duncan brought two groups from uh, London, from the Queens, and, and brought Giuseppe Padori with him. We had two incredible groups out here, 20-something people. A group of South Koreans came, um, uh, Lewis. The Silva, we we did a group together here. So it was, it was we had a really nice group of people across the years that came out here. One day, though, I was about 2014. I was in my school working with traditional foam, and another friend of mine who was a partner at Genentech, which is a science based company in San Francisco, came in and, and I said, Leonard, I really just God, I hate this stuff. I wish we could come up with sustainable option and he said you know what funnily enough i've got a young scientist friend coming to town he's been doing his uh, internship this summer at berkeley but he's coming to healdsburg for the weekend you should talk to him because he's going to get his doctorate 
in a few months under a very famous polymer scientist in um, Minneapolis, University of Minnesota. Talked to him about what he's doing. So he came, we, and I did. Poor guy, I, I held him in the corner hostage for about <laughs> two hours. <laughs> he had no idea what to think of me. But anyway, his name was David Goldfeld. And um, he said, well, you know, first of all, he said, this sounds like it might be pretty easy. And, of course, I do remind him of that today. But anyway, he went on and, and he said, let me ask Professor Hillmeyer what he thinks. Is, is, poly, is a polymer the way to go forward with this? Could that be a solution? And so Mark Hillmeyer said, actually, yes, I think this could work. They, they, they took it on. We financially sponsored it with Leonard and his partner, John. and. Um, so, um, you know, it, it was a long, it was a, it was a bit of a slog. I'm not going to lie. It has been, it's been a wonderful slog, but it's just not easy. Everything we've done has been groundbreaking, new, one step forward, two steps back, two forward, one back. But 2021, um, we ended up, David had done some other things after he graduated with his doctorate. So he was now Dr. David Goldfeld. We hired him as our chief technology officer, um, so that was huge. And then uh, dragged my husband away from you know. I started realizing this was a thing. This was this was big, and this could be big, much bigger than me, especially in the business part of it. And so I said, you know, I need some help, whether it's with you or someone who's more business, you know, talented than me. And um, and so he agreed to sort of do a little more for us, probably more than he he thought. But I remember it was funny one day, he, you know, they dress in dark shoes and dark suits and basically black shoes at, in his office. It was very formal in central London. And one day in 2021, he was going to go to this this foam expo in Detroit. And he turned to me and he said, what do I pack? What do I wear to a foam expo? <laughs> and I said, not your dark suit and your black shoes. But anyway, he has just been incredible. And he's, he's our, um, he, he's, he's really just been incredible in what he's brought to the company. And um, so uh, mm. that's 2021. So a, so a sustainable floral product is born. That's it was born really 2022 was when it was born. We had our first brick size prototype and we developed our first brick size. So that's the size of a traditional floral foam. And we also we also uh, were invited to be in the Minnesota Cup, MN Cup. And that is the biggest um, competition in the U.S., 2,600 companies. and uh, we, it was a long pro- three month process. Um, for, and it, it's for the, I, I guess, the most, uh, the company that they think has got the most promise to be a success. And, and we ended up winning that, which kind of blew open our cover. Not that we were trying to hide, but it really gave us kind of a global profile. And we also won this Sustainable and Green Chemistry Award there. So that was a big deal. Um, we 
also that year added a bunch of big talent to our team in Minneapolis, a CFO, chief financial uh, officer, an operations manager, a head of engineering, an assistant scientist. And then most recently, Duncan McCabe came on as our head of social media. So, um, and then Professor Hillmeyer um, put together at University of Minnesota, he put together a scientific advisory group, which a group of experts in the polymer science and manufacturing business from around the world to advise us, advise Foam Labs going forward. We completed a successful fundraising round in early 2023, have a fantastic group of investors, and now we march forward towards commercialization in, in the U.S. and Europe, hopefully by the end of the year. So there you go. I wow. brought you up to date. So you're going to change the world because we all know that fluorophane doesn't degrade. Traditional fluorophane doesn't degrade in the environment. You know, something like 50-odd percent of it does, does go within 365 days, but up to 91% is still around in 1,100 days. And they talk about that biodegradable as in biological active landfill conditions. Well, I don't know any biological active landfill conditions that actually exist. So I think in a laboratory that probably exists, but not in landfill. So we definitely don't have those conditions. So it's really, really frightening if we looked at what traditional floral foam does for the environment. Yeah, well, you know, landfill, as I understand it, landfills don't want things that break down because, you know, they create smells and gases. But what we have to remember about traditional floral foam, it does break down, but it, but it breaks down into microplastics and, and they never disappear. No. So that's, you know, it, it might break down, but that's what it breaks down into. Um, so, yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. A small business. Do reels get you reeling? Is SEO just a three letters put together? Content planning something you know you should be doing, but just never get around to it. Do join our growth club online. What is it? It's a supportive community. It's all about growing your business. It provides trainings and guest speakers join us every month. Is it time to work on your business and not in it? The link for more information is in the show notes. I think I think that's a big problem. Um, and it's really exciting because when I came across your product, I thought, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, we're going to have floor foam. Because, you know, there, there are situations, and, and as florists and flower farmers in the UK, we are using chicken wire and we are using moss and we are not using um, any form of floral foam i would say that not using it is time restrictive I, it takes a lot yeah. longer not to arrange something and it hasn't got as much flexibility but mm-hmm. we kind of live with that mm-hmm. um but i know your product has much larger implications doesn't it just not just in the florist industry it has much larger implications tell us about those well, let me back up a minute. and I want to tell you a little bit because I know people want to know what this is. What is it? Yeah, they're all going to go, what's in it? <laughs> what's in it? What is it? So, so, you know, it's made 
of PLA, which is polylactide, and it, which comes from corn. It's totally renewable within a 12-month cycle from, from the corn back into the earth. So basically earth to earth. And um, so in our, our, our foam with a pH generates no microplastics, contains no toxic materials. And, and that's what we, we have always said, absolutely no toxic chemicals for our employees, our users, or the environment. And, yeah. and, and so it's, it, was de- it was designed to, to be, from the get-go, no greenwashing of any sort. Um, designed to be an alternative to traditional floral foam. And to give florist a sustainable option uh, for a substrate that is compostable. Sorry, that was an interruption. Keep going. Um, Just uh, to give florist a a sustainable option for a substrate that is compostable. And, And like you talked about with time, you know, without compromising their creative creativity and you know you've got to make a living time is money and um and so we as a florist um i know i I know how this this has to work and also you know we wanted it to look as much like traditional floral foam as possible in size and and color and all that because we know it's going to be a big jump and so we thought well as as much as it can look like traditional floral foam but it's actually it's a it's a very very pretty green. We we're limited in the color because it has to be food contact grade. We don't want anything in this that's not food grade or that doesn't compost. But it's a beautiful green. It smells. People love the way it smells. It smells like maple syrup. Um, <laughs> and I think one of the funniest things that I've learned a cool thing is you know florists are engineers deep down. They're engineers. And and they're going to come up with all kinds of new ways to use foam with a pH. And, you know, we always wanted to hide traditional foam leaves and moss and whatever we needed. To, we wanted to hide it. But it's been so funny. I've put it, if you look on our Instagram foam labs, you can see a lot of times it's not hidden at all. It might even just have a few flowers in it. And people had said, God, I just love showing it. It almost doesn't need to have a vase because it's so beautiful. And we're so proud that we're using something compostable. So I think it'll be fun for a florist to not have to hide the mechanics in other ways. Yes. And um, <laughs> We so get very good at it, but yes, it will be fun not to do it. Not to do it. Um, but some of the differences are, is the soaking. So I, I just want, you know, I think it is going to be a big ask for florists because it's different. It's not exactly the same. It's very close. It works as well or better in most ways. But, you know, I'm sure they're going to say, yeah, they're going to naturally want to compare it to exactly the way traditional foam works. But you soak it, you know, floral foam soaks down in the water and takes up water. Ours does not. You have to hold it down for like 45 to 90 seconds. And when the bubbles stop, you take it out. It is light. It does not weigh near as much as floral foam when it's wet, um, which is which is to me a positive because you know those like flower walls or whatever you do, you know those can get so heavy. The floral <laughs> foam wet is heavy. Yeah, very. Um, so that's a difference. Um, 
we're carrying a full vase of foam. So it's, it's going to be much lighter. Um, it's got incredible rigidity, but also with major ease of getting all sorts of, I was worried with very thin stems. I thought, oh gosh, but you know, goes in beautifully. And there's a video on our Instagram right now of, of a fabulous florist named Sophie. And she's on her Instagram with a whole video of, of using our phone. So she, she can, you'll see that if anyone wants to go watch that, watch that um, video. But so the flowers go in beautifully, but they stay very, very rigid. And so for transportation, it's fantastic. Um, it's also rewettable, which is another difference. And a traditional foam, you know, is not really rewettable. Ours, you can add water in three days or so. You add water and it completely soaks it up. Um, and um, we we were broadly patented, which is wonderful in the U.S. and Europe. So our product is patented. Um, I know there's a lot of interest in com- in compostability because there's been so much greenwashing. So um, let me explain that a little bit. So about foam with a pH, you know, we're, we're in compostability certification process. It's a long and technical process. Um, it's underway. We, early on, our results have shown greater than 95% degradation in eight weeks. So let me go, let me say that again. Early on, our results have shown greater than 95% degradation in eight weeks in an industrial compost pile. Now, the norm is much longer than that. So we feel very, we were very encouraged by that. Um, there's more to go and, and keep posted, keep on our Instagram. We are, we're, we should know in the next six months, we should have all of that, that information. So we're on it. We're in it, and um, we'll keep you posted. Price, I know that's another big question. Um, our foam, it, it will be more expensive than traditional floral foam, but it will be very price competitive and even less in some cases than any of the other alternatives to floral foam claiming to be sustainable. So mm-hmm. we feel really good about the price that we're going to be able to offer. You know, when will it be on our shelves? Yeah. When when will we when will we be able to get our hands on it, Dundee? When I when will I be able to play with it? You will be able, we have a list of, of florists that, that want to play with it and you will be able to play with it before it will be available broadly in commercialization. We we are on this twenty four seven. As a matter of fact, in the next couple of weeks we are going to both manufacturers in the US and Europe to 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 make this so we we are we are it is it is our most it is what we are after 24 7 we think and hope it will be available you know by the end of this year now that said hopefully we'll even be able to get this out to florist trial before that in the next month or so you know as soon as we get some that we're happy with it being made yeah uh, yeah. in, in, you know, we, we are going to send it out to people like you to give us your feedback because actual florists, you know, we have sent it to florists, you know, Duncan and Gemma and Sophie, and there's people that have, have loved it, but we want to get it out to, on a much broader basis to florists. So to give us their feedback. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a really good thing because there have been other products that have tried. You know, we've tried AgriWool and we've tried even the biodegradable Oasis, but of course it isn't biodegradable. So right. in the same situation, yes, it biodegrades, but, you know, everything biodegrades over, you know, hundreds of years. So so we, we've started to use AgriWool, but Ash is not very user-friendly and it's quite expensive. In fact, very expensive and kind of failed with it really. So it's kind of right. like, when we heard about you, it was quick, quick, let's talk to Dundee, let's see where they are with it. Because this, I mean, to be honest, the world has been waiting for this product. And you think about um, traditional foam, you think about all those frames, and you think about those letters, which are done for funerals, and you think yes. about, you know, how can you replace all that? And that's, that's you know, where are we going to be in five years' time? And this is really exciting. Right. Well, you were asking me about the implications, and you know, I think two things. One, we want to be part, you know, there's been this movement, especially in the last two years, maybe longer, uh, to sustainable floristry, to make floristry more sustainable. And I know as a florist, florists want to be sustainable. They want to be environmentally friendly, but we have to help them. We can't just say, be, we, you know, we can't just say, be that. We, they've got to make a living and we have to help them with their with tools and 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 um so we want to be part of that movement and to be able to help florists do that and make a living without you know without their creative ability being you know compromised um but also the cea controlled growing environment um and um indoor growing or hydroponics you know they're having they're having the same issues with a substrate they have, um, they're using peat to grow. Well, he, peat releases a huge amount of stored carbon dioxide when it's harvested, which adds to greenhouse gases. You know, peatlands store more carbon than all other vegetation in the world. And, and the sale of peat, I think in the UK, you all are, uh, to, uh, peat compost is going to be banned yeah. in 2024. Yeah, so, it's banned in many are, situations yeah. now anyway. It's banned, yeah. And yeah. then, of course, they use traditional foam to grow food and vegetables. And as, as crazy as that is, they, they use traditional foam. And, of course, as we know it, that breaks down into microplastics and doesn't disappear. You know, and then, and then they use rock wool, mineral wool, which has huge high, huge carbon footprint and breaks down into volcanic dust. And and then they the, their other substrate they're using is cocoa core, and processing cocoa core requires a significant amount of water, which of course we know is shortage. It takes three hundred to six hundred liters of water to wash one cubic meter of cocoa core. I mean, so it's it's extremely hardy, but does not decompose quickly. The process can take several decades. So the the indoor growing market of course with climate change is they use a lot less water and they have a, a, no waste so yeah that's going to be the future of our growing and so that is also really after a new compostable substrate so that has big impl implications wow yeah wow 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 i wish i was involved um <laughs> people who know me and know me in business know well those will be a bit annoyed you didn't get in in the first place so um, 
What's been your biggest challenge then in this whole journey? I mean, there must have been times when you just wanted to throw it all in and think we're never going to find this solution. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The new Plants of Distinction Autumn Catalogue is now available and contains over a thousand different flower and vegetable seeds with over 150 new and exciting varieties added this year alone. Cut flowers in an extensive array of individual colours are a speciality and added to this are many unusual annual and perennial seeds together with the hard to find heritage favourites. So if you're looking for something a little different be it choice cutting flowers suitable for both fresh and dried arrangements or cottage garden and container growing varieties, you need look no further. You can download or request a copy of the new autumn catalogue by visiting the website plantsofdistinction.co.uk where an exclusive 30% discount is available to all podcast listeners when ordering seeds by using the discount code CUTFLOWER. 30. Well, I do remember a time a couple of years ago, you know, I think it was hard for me as a non-scientist just to get out of the lab is, is so hard because, you know, scientists work in this very pedantic, methodical way and for good reason. And I kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And it's been really hard to get out of the lab and into commercialization, but we're there. But for me, I was really, really impatient and not understanding how long all of these things take, not understanding being part of a startup. And, you know, I finally had to, well, one day, a couple of years ago, I did say to the two scientists, Mark Hillmeyer and David Goldfeld, and I said, look, you know, we're putting our personal money in along with John and Leonard. And 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 I, I just said, look, are we, do we need to know when to fold them? You know, like Kenny Loggins. I was like, we've done a great thing. You all have written papers. There's great scientists behind all of this. But take into commercialization, get a real product. Should we just say we, we did our, we did, we tried. And there was this long silence on the phone. And then they both said at the same time, Absolutely not. Um, And so, you know, that's kind of when I brought my husband in and all that. And But this is groundbreaking. It's been groundbreaking every step of the way. The material has never been been made before. There's no manufacturer has ever manufactured this before. So we have had, it's been, it's really been difficult all the way along. And the problems you think you're going to, you think you might know, but there are things you can't even imagine. Like we were shipping material to Europe a few months ago and with a professional shipper who didn't realize that the belly of the commuter jet on the runway that we had to transfer it to was smaller than the transatlantic jet. And they couldn't fit the crate on there and had to sit on the <laughs> runway for two days and be driven across Europe, you know, things like that. So. There's all of these challenges, but to, but it's been really interesting because it made me, rather than being attached to the outcome, enjoy the process. And I know that yeah. sounds cliche, but the people that I've met, like you, like millions of wonderful florists who have been 
you know, cheering us on and manufacturers who are cheering us on and scientists around the world who are cheering us on. I mean, those are the, it's the relationships that have been so rewarding. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one because, you know, it's a lot of investment both in time and, and money over the years and it's been a long journey and I can understand that at times it must be, is this actually really going to work? But yeah. I suppose you have to believe, you have, really, really have to believe that you've got something that could actually change so much and so much about sustainability and make, bringing the floral industry as a whole into really the 21st century. I mean, who, how are we still legally allowed to use something that doesn't biodegrade right. in the environment is kind of beyond me, really. So using peat-free is great, but how have we still got away with using floral foam? I will never know. Um, and also, you know, if you take it one step further, the consumer doesn't know. The consumer doesn't yeah. know when you'll turn up for a wedding that their flowers are in floral foam and they have no idea what that is and how it's used and how wide it's then or not. So there's a massive PR job to be done. Because why yeah, would, if I, if I took 10 people who work with us and, and said, okay, well, you know, I do your weddings and I do your funerals. And can I just ask your opinion on floral foam? They would have no opinion because there's no press about it. So it's, that's another job that has to be done. It's, isn't that interesting? I mean, the more we, we dive into, you know, some of the things that it's just, it is shocking. And it is, it's, you know, I, I've talked to some very, very well-known florists, even in California, where you think, oh, they would know, and they don't even know. And not only is it is it so harmful to our environment, it's harmful, it's good for the florist to work with. And um, it is it is shocking that people don't know. Um, and um, it is so humbling. And that's the thing. You asked about the implications earlier. You know, there's even, I can't really go into it because it's so down the road. But, of course, these people that, that, that really do know what our product is, is it all of the what it's made of and how exciting it is because it's so brand new, which is why we're patented. They have come up with all kinds of other uses that people are wondering if maybe even the floral foam could be the smallest use of this material. So it is humbling. Um, it is humbling. And, um, but I am so dedicated as a florist to not move past the floral foam till we get that just right. And, um, so, so it is, we, we are so dedicated to getting this right and getting it out and getting it to all florists and keeping the price reasonable so everyone can afford to use it. Um, but we, I have no doubt we are, we, we are, we are so close, if not already there. And also, Roz, we have just been fortunate to have literally, I'm not kidding you, people from around the world, and I'm talking rocket science smart people and yeah. bringing everyone together to collaborate. And, and I, I just sit there in these meetings and I just want to say, oh my God. So that's why I know we'll get there because it is so much bigger than me. Um, and our team is phenomenal. Our little team at Foam Labs is is they are rocket scientists in in their realm, whether they're, you know, whether there are engineers or are scientists or CFOs or really, we've been so fortunate. It must be inspirational for you to know 
that you're going to produce a product that that is going to save parts of the environment. Now, I'd love it to save the whole environment and I'd love it to, to reduce climate and change and I'd love it, but it's a start. It's a definite start mm-hmm. in the right direction and not to be able to see masses and masses of... I spoke to a florist this week and she was a big London florist doing in big you know, arrangements in massive luxury hotels in London, big weddings like you've talked about before. And she said, at the end of the day, there's a pile of it. There's an absolute pile of it. And they're loading it in the van and it goes in landfill. And yeah. I think would really be nice not to see that for a start. I mean, I, I'm an environmentalist by trade and having studied environmental science as a degree way back, too many years than I want to remember. But mm-hmm. we were talking about it then, not necessarily floral firm, but definitely climate and sustainability and 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 now roll on so many years, more years than 40 probably than I care to remember that we're still not really moved any further, if I was oh, honest, yeah. in 40 years. So it's kind of like, isn't it about time we actually took control? I mean, my children always say to me, you know, they blame us and blame yes. the Industrial Revolution, of course. Yes. And you kind of say, okay, well, what can we do about it now? And they say, well, it's all your fault. And, of course, it yeah. is. They're right. Yeah. It is. Um, That's right. So it's really, really um, inspiring to see that we're, we're making steps in the right direction and I'd love to see more of it um, and it takes investment and it takes guts and it takes you know brain power um, yeah it takes big it's absolutely an inspiration Dundee to see what you're doing it's very inspiring I wish I was involved um, I can't wait to get hold of it and just have a go with it like i say as environmentalist i'm really clean keen um all the people who belong to all my groups and memberships and follow me on instagram will be just as keen so i can't wait to get this podcast published and see what happens this will be really intriguing so i want to thank you dundee for coming over today it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you i could go on for hours and hours and hours, but want to thank you at this time for coming over, telling us about the new product. You must be extremely busy just trying to get it into full production. You know, I know you're coming across to Europe. I know you're off to Manchester fairly soon. Wow. That's all I can say. A big wow. And well done. It's amazing. Well, I, I loved every <laughs> second of talking to you. I could go on for Sunday, hours. Too. Thank you Thanks very for much. Having me. <laughs> I look forward to next week's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review on your podcast app. We do have some wonderful free resources on our website at thecutflowercollective.co.uk. We also have two free Facebook communities, which we'd love you to join. For farmers or those who want to be flower farmers, we have Cut Flower Farming, Growth and Profit in Your Business, And our other free Facebook group is Learn with the Cut Flower Collective for those starting out on their flower journey. All of the links are below. I look forward to getting to know you all.